Hey, this is Christian. Hey, this is Damon. And this is The Amazing Nerd Show. Episode 22. Do we got any news? Uh, we got a couple items this week. Uh, we have Rick No More, as I like to say. As you like to say. And that is regarding Rick Grimes being written off the show. Yes, maybe um, written off. The show known as Walking <laughs> Dead, if you will. Um, yeah, that's bizarre. I don't see that show lasting very long without Rick Grimes. Yeah, it's kind of a big, important character. Although, to me, honestly, after Carl, like, you know, spoilers, mm. is dead. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not I even caught up and I know, so. I, I don't see the point of the show anymore. Like, that's the whole essence of the comic. You know, it's kind of Rick and Carl's journey. So, at least to me, it is. So, the fact that they killed off Carl. Just makes the show kind of seem like <laughs> I don't know directionless. Uh, um, I mean, I mean, it's been nine seasons now. I believe they're going into season nine. Yeah, so I'm not completely surprised. Now, I heard a rumor that they're trying; they're going to focus on Daryl as the lead if Rick does leave. I can Andrew see that because leave. fans are so behind Daryl. But... I don't know if he can carry a show though. Yeah, like I like Daryl, but he's more of that side guy. You know, that's what gives him his cool, you know? Mm. Um, I would much rather see, like, Michonne, you know, be kind of, like, the, the star, the mm. lead, if you will. Or maybe you don't have a lead. Maybe it's just a true ensemble. And, and that's really, I feel, you know, I know it is, you know, Rick's show, but I do feel like it's an ensemble cast. Oh, yeah, so it's always it's felt that way. You know, right. so, but I don't, I don't know. I, I, can't, I just can't imagine, <laughs> like, Daryl in The Walking Dead. It just doesn't feel right to me. So, but what do I know? I mean, but good on Andrew Lincoln to, you know, want to get out of the show after so long, you know. Oh, absolutely. I can't blame any actor. That's a long time, you know, to be doing anything, you know. Um, but, I don't know, the show just hasn't been that. Like, I have not, I'm not caught up at all with the show. Like, I'm maybe two episodes into last season. Yeah, exactly. So, so. And I was super gung-ho for Negan, and it just kind of, after those first two episodes, it just felt flat to me. So, um, I don't know if the season redeemed itself. I mean, I, obviously I heard about the whole Carl thing, and that kind of threw me for a loop. And that's kind of got me, like, slow to get back in the saddle again and, mm. you know, jump back in. You know, I, I will eventually before, you know, the next <laughs> season starts. Um but yeah, I was, I, and you know, I, like I said, I loved, I did love Negan. I really, I love the portrayal. I thought they were doing a great job with it. Not story wise, just the character wise. Oh, character was perfect. Um, but... The pacing was weird. Um, I don't know. They got too cute. I felt at times with the character, but, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Something's just off, you know? So I, I, I just don't get it. And I, I really don't get what the premise of the show is without that, you know, Carl and Rick dynamic. I mean, I think we've talked about it before. Maybe they could change it to Rick and the daughter, but I mean, Rick's gone, so... And we just don't know that daughter much yet, you mm. know, and I don't know if there's going to be a time jump exactly. this next season, because I honestly don't know where we're at. <laughs> I think the whole Megan War has ended. Mm. Um, 
you know, because we really, you know, she's just kind of like a prop at this point, you know, that they got to carry around. So if they give her more of a personality and they put her in that car role, then I can be on board with that. It's just got to be good storytelling. Now that I could see it changing to Michonne and the daughter. Yeah. That would be interesting. I think that'd be cool. You know, I I love that character. I love Michonne. um, And I feel like she's strong enough Mm -hmm. to, you know, hold the series down. You know, or maybe they just follow a different group. Maybe it's Walking Dead, but, you know, just a better, you know, concept of what that's the, that spinoff is. What's the spinoff's name? I don't even remember. Fear of the Walking Dead? Yeah, it's just, that's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it for like a season and a half, and I was like, what am I doing? I've got better things to do. I can't. That I just, I didn't care about any of those mm. characters. I was really hoping to really get into, like, what happened. You know, that's kind of what they sold the whole show on. Yeah. Like, you were going to see it from the beginning. And it just left I just down. never heard enough good things for it to, for me to, like, jump onto this. Oh, all the characters were just unlikable. I didn't give a shit. Like, mm. I was just trying to, like, I was forcing myself to watch it. And that's just a bad place to be with a TV show, mm. so... Yeah, it didn't last long for me. And I think that's, what, in its third or fourth season now. So I I never hear anything about that show. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. So, But, yeah, we'll see what happens. I I, I just can't imagine a show without Rick Jones. Mm-hmm. I really can't. So, And, I mean, good for Andrew Lincoln. He's a talented, talented man. And I'm sure whatever he does next will be awesome. But I don't know. You know, um, before we get on to our new, next news item... There's a show that we haven't really mentioned ever. What's it's that? Cloak and Dagger. It hasn't come out yet. It comes out uh, like mid-June. Have you seen the trailer for it? I have. What were your thoughts? Uh, it seems like... Dawson's Creek? <laughs> <laughs> With superheroes, maybe? Maybe. Like It definitely seems like they're more focused on... Don't get me wrong. I love, I love me some Dawson's Creek. <laughs> I'm all about PC. The recent uh, the recent trailers for it and the TV spots that they've been doing show a little bit more about poverty and race. It seems like they're okay, that's what they're and that's what after. that book was about. You mm-hmm. know, um, it's it, it, those are interesting characters. Um, I could see it working if it's well done. Um, the, the trailer, the first, and this was months back that I saw it, so maybe they've had better trailers since then. Um, the trailer that I saw was unimpressive, so I really haven't been tracking it since but i'm willing to give it what is it on freeform yeah it's you know old abc family now oh, okay. Freeform, i think so. i have that okay yeah yeah um, check it out should be interesting i've seen nothing but good reviews so far of the three oh, episodes really? that they've released so i'm surprised i was surprised by that cause so it's already out no it's like they the gave critics. like critic okay. review copies so i mean that's just of the beginning when does it debut uh i think it's after June 9th. After June 9th. So soon. Okay. Mm. Well, I'll, I'll check it out. I'm interested. I mean, those characters in the books, when they're done right, mm. um, and they've been kind of used as side characters lately, they're just in the background um, with no good reason to be there, just, you know, as a gimmick. But I feel like when those characters are done right and they're well-written, I mean, they're interesting. You know, they're interesting. I was a huge Cloak and Dagger fan mm. when they first debuted. Um, in the 80s so we'll see we'll see yeah, if I'm, they... I'm kind of interested i'm definitely gonna check this out i need to go back and finish runaways i'm still only halfway through that yeah, season the trailer that i saw though felt nothing like <laughs> it felt like romeo and juliet yeah. like it felt like a cw show 
to me. And maybe so. they heard backlash and maybe they worked on that, but I have no idea. Maybe. I'll have to check it out. Mm. I'll, I'll be on YouTube after this podcast. <laughs> so, um, the next big news is we got confirmation. There's been rumors for a while mm-hmm. now, but Jamie Foxx is playing Spawn um, in a uh, Todd McFarlane uh, directed Spawn movie. So, uh, thoughts, my friend? I don't know. Like, I heard this and I was just like, nothing about this interests me at the moment. Were you a fan of Spawn? Have you ever read Spawn? I haven't, no. Definitely haven't read Spawn. I feel like you'd like Spawn. It's a dark, twisted character. I've heard, I like, I've heard tons of great things. Mm-hmm. I know a little bit about his backstory but based off just reading stuff online. Mm-hmm. But it's never, it's never really grabbed my attention to that full point, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, because you're a big Ghost Rider fan, mm-hmm. so I feel like it's very much in that, like, dark mysticism, like, you know, kind of area. Um, so I, I feel like you'd enjoy that. Lots of suffering going on in that <laughs> book. So, um, but yeah, it, it it could be interesting. I'm just not sold on Todd McFarlane directing it. I would have liked to see more of, like, established mm-hmm. or up-and-coming director. I don't know if he, like... If this is his true passion, he's always wanted to direct, you know, and that's why. Or if this is a situation like, you know, Frank Miller directing, you know, co-directing Sin City. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I, it's still really early in the process. I mean, he is, he is still an artist. Yes, he is. And if he has a very distinct vision of what he wants, I could see that going. I could see a very like stylized version mm. of this movie in, in the long lines of Sin City. I just. I hope that he's surrounded by really good people. Yes. You know, um, you know, but Spawn's been his baby forever. So, I mean, who else can tell the story better than him? I just don't know if he has those chops. You know, it's two different mediums. Mm. So, because um, I believe he was a fan of the 90s Spawn movie, and that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> I was not a fan of that. The HBO show, the cartoon, um, the animated show, that was actually decent. That was a decent... Um, show and i don't think i feel like that's really under a lot of people's radars mm. but um check that out that's a good watch so i feel like that's more akin to what the book was or is so and i have no idea where the book is now <laughs> i think the last time i read a spawn book was probably the late 90s so well don't they they want to do a lot more than just spawn right i feel like i heard rumors that they wanted to do like almost everyone that spawns teamed with as well Oh, really? Like Going a whole, forward. like, image first? It's weird how that whole world, that universe works, because all those properties were creator-owned. Mm-hmm. So, like, sometimes they are part of the universe. Like, there's this whole backstory with him and this character, Chapel, who was, like, his best friend. But then they had to kind of change it because Chapel was um, Rob Ledfield's um, character and then he like left image so then they had to change the backstory it's this whole thing so i don't know how that would necessarily work i don't know if there's other create like todd has other characters Mm. in that year i'm sure he does so but i mean that's what studios are about right now you know they want universes now (laughs) they don't just want you know single character properties so and who who can blame them it's a lot of work Jesus and, and Kevin Faki <laughs> <laughs> to do it right. Oh. So, um, but yeah, we'll be. Jamie Foxx is a good actor, though. Yeah, he's a good actor. So, I mean, he can definitely pull it off. That's not the question. It's just more the Todd McFarlane directing mm. was kind of where it was like, oh, I didn't know that. I didn't realize. I don't know if that was announced a while back and I just missed it, but that kind of caught me off guard. 
All right, you ready to talk some This Week in Wrestling? I guess. <laughs> I have to. We definitely had a holiday <laughs> Raw. This is very much your typical holiday Raw, where they're just like, ah, we got to put on a show, but no one's really watching, so we're just throwing something out there. The good thing was we actually got some wrestling, you know? There was actually some matches mm. happening, and they're decent. Um, Braun and uh, Finn went at it again. It was a good match. You know, they got good chemistry in the ring. But everything else was just a wash. This was like, none of this matters. It just felt very kind of loose. And they had a barbecue with the B team. And it just felt like those guys were just making it up as they went along. It was mildly amusing just because it was so bad. You know, it was one of those deals. Um, You had another awkward uh, segment with Sami Zayn. Kind of like pseudo apologizing. It was yeah. just really. I, I wish they'd stop putting him in that spot. <laughs> it was just. It was grueling to get through. It I really forgot was. about that. Yeah. It's where. So basically, he's like, "But I'm going to make you apologize at our match." Yeah. At Money yeah. in the Bank, it was very clunky. Yes. Yes, and long. It was way too long. Um, you you could tell that they definitely had time to fill here. Uh, Nia Jax is apparently a heel again. I don't know how this happened or when this happened. She went from three weeks ago doing a huge babyface promo in the, yeah. after her match, talking about like bullying and you know how she's gonna stop out bullying and stand up for the little person and and then we flash forward to this episode of Raw and she's bullying some <laughs> jobber in the ring. And acting like a total heel. And I don't understand where this transformation happened. It just felt like lazy booking. And to to even make this another point, she did tap out to Asuka's armbar. Uh-huh. So. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's what, right? Isn't that like, oh, you can't tap me yeah, out, right? That was, that was the whole point of the segment. Oh, you're not going to be able to get me with an armbar. She lifts and, the person up. And like, that whole tapping out of to Asuka's armbar is what started the whole angle with Alexa because that's when she kind of turned on her and she caught her talk. Yeah. This is bad writing. Yeah. <laughs> this is bad, lazy writing. So, um, you know, it's just showing me that they just don't mm. care. You know, it's frustrating. Like you expect me to care, but you apparently don't because you can't keep track of whether, you know, your champion is healer face. So it, it was a little frustrating. To say the least. <laughs> um, God, nothing else really happened. It looks like Elias and uh, Rollins oh, are going to yeah. work a program. I think that's going to be a thing. I mean, I like both guys, but to say, at the same time, I'm not interested in this program whatsoever. Yeah. it's. I feel like Rollins can get a good match out of them. Elias doesn't do anything for me in the ring right now. He's entertaining as all hell. Mm-hmm. He... His segment was really long, but it was well done. Um, he was just milking the heat from the crowd. Um, it, it shows, you know, how far he's come as a heel. And he's he's really on his game right now. Um, everything that he was saying was clicking and he was getting the right response. Um, he was getting booed out of the building. They even did a commercial break and then they came back to him still in the ring um, trying to start to sing. So it, it was it was good stuff. So, but once again, it just felt like they had no script and they were just kind of mm. letting the guys do their own thing. They felt almost like they're in like house show mode. Um, but yeah, yeah, 
It was a Memorial Day run. This is what you get. So it's almost like a, a Thanksgiving episode. Mm-hmm. You know, Smackdown for back in the day. You know, there's going to be a food fight at some point. Do you think they're going to go somewhere with B-Team? Is, is this going to become, like, are they going to reach the titles at some point? I think they're trying to push them as, like, that underdog team, kind of like what they did with um, Ryback and, um, what's his name? Keith Slater. Keith Slater. So I, I feel like they're trying to get them. I wouldn't be surprised if they get, like, a title run somewhere. I don't know if, it, if it's going to be right now. They've just kind of forgotten about Wyatt and Hardy. Yeah. Like, they're getting no really... Like, they're getting matches, but they're not, not getting any mic time. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what's going to put over that team. So, um... I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. I just don't know where they're going. I don't know where they're going with that. Oh my god, what happened? Um, Axel called Wyatt like Brian, Brian or something. Like he totally like forgot his name. It was really awkward. <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah, and the and then the uh, commentators just totally like just started laughing in the middle of the segment. <laughs> it's. I feel like the commentary team. It's become like, uh, was it a mystery uh, theater uh, 2000? Like, they just yeah. don't like, yeah. Like, <laughs> I get what you're saying. You know, like, it just, it feels like they're like gone, like, gone, they've gone completely meta now. And like, they're just allowed to like comment on like anything they want. And they really go off script. <laughs> well, it's like they're burying some of the segments, mm. you know? I mean, I don't know. And they're like constantly like, just going at each other half the time and not paying attention to the match. It's just, I don't know. I don't know if that's what they think people want now, but it's kind of distracting. I tell you what, I don't want the Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Once in a while, it's funny, but like to have three hours of this, Mm -hmm. no, no. You're not, you're doing your talent a disservice, (laughs) you know? If you guys aren't taking it seriously mm-hmm. and you're paid to watch this, why should I take it seriously? You're supposed to be the one telling me the story that's happening in the ring, you know? And all I'm hearing is you guys giggling like schoolgirls, you know, while the matches are going mm-hmm. on, you know, and talking about everything but the fucking match. So I'll calm down now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree with you. I really do. Um, <laughs> when they start, like, like, one of them will make a mistake. And then it's like they just rip on that person for the for next like 15, 20 minutes. Yes, yes. And then they just keep on going back and mm-hmm. forth. Yeah, it's I don't know. I just don't like the chemistry. I think between those three, between Coachman and um, Corey Graves and Michael Cole, mm-hmm. you know, something's just not clicking. Yeah, and I wasn't a huge fan of Booker T being part of that booth either, but I feel like it's almost worse now, and I don't know how that's possible. So um, I, I let's love... not go back to Booker T. Yeah. Well, at least Booker T <laughs> would say shit that was like, okay, yeah, I could, I don't know. Like, he wasn't trying to be bad, but it was just bad. I don't know. I, I found it more enjoyable. Because Booker T, at least, is, you know, I give him some credit because he's been in the ring before, mm. too. You know, and I know Corey's, you know, he's wrestled and everything, but Booker T's been world champion. So he at least brought that to the table where, I don't know, I've never been a huge fan of Coach. I really have it. Um, so, and I don't know if it's just like he's got mainstream, you know, notoriety now, like, you know, with, you know, ESPN, ESPN and, and everything, that. but I don't, I, I'm not buying it. Mm-hmm. I'm not. So, um, but that's enough. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's not waste another second on Raw. Um, okay, well, what happened on SmackDown? Not much. 
match? <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get the match we were promised. We were supposed to get Samoa Joe versus Daniel Bryan. Yes. And but we did. Cage decided to make it Samoa Joe versus Big Cass. For yes. Some all of a sudden, the... Cass is, you know, healed um, and he's put into the match. I think everyone knew what was going to happen. It was super predictable that Cass wasn't really injured mm-hmm. um, and that he was going to end up interfering in this match and causing, you know, Bryan, you know, the shot at Money in the Bank. Exactly. So maybe they decided to switch it up. Whatever, I get it. Um, and maybe it's too soon to see Samoa Joe and Daniel Bryan in a one-on-one match. Which, I, yeah, I, to me, that's like a pay-per-view match. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm okay with that. The match itself, Cass is really green. You know, I, he's got a long way to go, I feel, as a singles competitor. And not that he was like a tag team specialist or anything. But he wasn't this bad at a tag team. No, but... You can hide yourself mm. in a tag team, you know. He gets the hot tag and, you know, comes and does his big man routine and that's it. This character that they've given him, where he's kind of like this cowardly, obnoxious, like, big man, doesn't really fit to me. You know, I I don't know. Like, mm. just the way he's carrying himself, I'm just not sold on it at all. You know, I mean... He's doing a good job being obnoxious, but I think it's for the wrong reasons. You know, he's just, I don't know, lame. It's just poorly written. <laughs> like, it really is. His music's horrible, oh, God, and just, yeah. like, you can, like, you feel like it was just, like, scraps left over in the, like, recording studio. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we need something. So they, like, pulled out, like, you know, Diesel 2.0 music. It just, just really, like, generic sounding music. Like, he just... For someone that's supposed to be so threatening, and he just doesn't come off as a threat. No, not at all. Not at any point does he come off. And maybe it's the way they're booking, you know, Brian over him right now. Um, I just, I don't know. I'm not buying it. You know, I think they need to go back to the drawing board with this character. So, and then the things that they're giving, I, I know everything he's saying is super scripted, mm-hmm. but the lines that are given him are not helping him at all. So they're just not getting over it all. You know, he, like the crowd is silent and that's the wrong kind of heat you want where they're just not interested. And when you're working a program with Daniel Bryan and you're not getting any heat as the heel, there's a problem there. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so there really wasn't much though. Um, I'm trying to think what else happened on this show. <laughs> um, it tells you something. I can't yeah. <laughs> pull anything else. Um, Yeah. Besides that, there was uh, Nakamura's 10 count versus uh, Dillinger. Oh, I didn't mind that. I didn't mind that. Mm. That that match was a decent match and everything, and I get the whole Nakamura, like, counting over him to 10. I like that those asked where they was going up against Ty Dillinger, too. Yeah. He's like, I'm deleting 10. Like, it was... Yeah. It's all kind of meta to to me. I love... Oh, and Nakamura walking down the ring now to his music. He's getting more and more bizarre. Like he's like practically break dancing going down the <laughs> ring. It was you have to. It it was hilarious. So I'm enjoying heel Nakamura. Mm-hmm. Uh, AJ. I think I might be done with AJ as a face. Like mm-hmm. his promos are so like bland right now. I just I don't. The writing's so horrible across the board. <laughs> it really is. He cut a promo and I I don't think he said anything. Like, I literally, I was like, what did you just say? Like, he just kind of talked in circles. And I was like, what? Was it the, I mean, 
I mean, all he had to say was, I'm a phenomenal one, AJ Styles. Which he, he didn't even get that across. Like, it just really just bland. Like, I was like, hey, you just wasted like two minutes of time. <laughs> you know? And he, it was definitely scripted. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I feel like AJ can necessarily cut an awesome promo on his own, but I don't know. Like, I, I need more of an edge to AJ Styles, and I'm not getting that. Mm-hmm. You know, I. Angle-wise, you'd think he'd be getting that because he's getting kind of fed up with Nakamura and his tactics. So he's kind of going that way, too. Mm. I need to see more of that, you know, in his promos, though. I'm not getting that from his promos at all. You know, he's too, like, just bland. Yeah, I I, I definitely agree. It's, like, um, it gets stale after a while. It's just... Like, I can predict exactly what he's going to say <laughs> before he says it. So why am I watching you say it? So. And then what's annoying is that there's two more weeks, or at least I think two or three more weeks yeah, until from this Sunday. Yeah, this coming event. Sunday. So it's just like, where's this program? This is a weird time where there's almost too much time in between. Oh, you know, that's what I keep is. saying. There's way too much time. Yeah. And the storylines that they have right now seem like they need, like it should be this weekend. Yes. It feels like, oh, money in the bank should be And they're be this treading weekend. water. They really are treading water angle wise right now. Mm. So um, that's a hard place, you know, for, for the writers, I guess. To have to book that far in advance. I mean, this is this feels almost like a WrestleMania because usually there's like five six weeks in between. Mm. You know, the last pay per view in WrestleMania. This feels like that kind of like wait right now, and we're not getting WrestleMania at the end of the rainbow here. Mm. <laughs> you know, I like Money in the Bank, but it's not you know WrestleMania or Royal Rumble or anything like that. It's not one of the bigger pay per views. Um, so we'll see, we'll see. You know, and I don't even know. You know, I couldn't even begin to predict exactly where they're going right now. Um, you know, for the Money in the Bank. Mm-hmm. You know, match. Yeah. Oh, Carmella came out and, like, got into Asuka's face. Um, and was, like, really brave for some reason. I don't know if they're trying to, like, make her, like, almost naive. Like, like oh, almost whoa. too full of herself. Because she was, like, in her face. Like, I was like, why isn't she acting scared of Asuka? It just seemed... I can kind of believe it with the way that she's been acting lately. Yeah. I don't believe that she's going to win. I'm saying that I could believe her trying to get into Asuka's face. I feel like she's going to win. I do feel like she's going to she's gonna keep that belt for a little longer. I do see Well, by that. shenanigans. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yes, there has, to, there has to be hijinks, my friends. If she's if she cleanly beats... But we said beats, the same thing about Charlotte, and she cleaned... I don't know what the fuck happened. <laughs> I couldn't handle it. If she beats Asuka cleanly, oh my god. Because that's like three losses for Asuka in like a month and a half mm-hmm. period of time. I Yeah. Once there's the streak something ends, wrong. it's over. All right? There's, there's something. No well, yeah, but there's something <laughs> wrong with that bookie. So why are you burying your like top talent? Because Carmella is definitely not one of their top female talents right now. She's better than Lana, though. Yes. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. That Apparently, chair you're sitting on is better than Lana. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently the, uh, I don't know, what did you think of the dance segment? They had a dance-off between... Oh, it was horrible. Which, this is their second dance-off, by the way. They've done this before. What, in the house shows or something? No, this was on an actual episode. They had Lana versus uh, Trinity. A while back? Yeah, a long time ago. Okay, it was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand, like... It feels like a step backwards whenever you do things like this, you know? Like, right now, it's, like, such a, you know... 
such a big time for the women's wrestling and you know they're really pushing mm-hmm. it on the same level as you know the males and then to have a dance off just seems like okay come on and I, mean, I don't really get what their beef is at the moment I don't either because I couldn't figure <laughs> they hugged at the end and then Lana turned on her yeah I don't know I didn't understand what was going on well, was there I a- didn't realize it was a dance off until they started dancing and I was like <laughs> what the fuck is going on <laughs> Well, now you got a triple threat. It shows, it, but it shows you how invested in the program I was that I <laughs> didn't even realize it was supposed to be a dance off. Um, yeah, it was. I don't. I guess it was supposed to be funny, but it just wasn't. They started doing the kid and play at one point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You're not helping your women's <laughs> with segments like this. Uh-huh. So, um, Lana's mean, not winning the money in the bank, though. No, don't worry. Well, <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him. But... Never say never at this point. I, I just... Oh, God. I hope not. <laughs> I really hope not. If Lana wins a match where, like, Charlotte Flair is part of and Becky Lynch, that there's something wrong. Oh, and now Sasha Banks is in it. That's right. Sasha's in it. Mm. Yeah. Something went terribly wrong <laughs> <laughs> if Lana wins that match. So, mm. I wouldn't put it past him, though. It's like they have Rusev climb the ladder and take the briefcase down. Oh, like, oh yeah. Once again, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him. I really Ooh. wouldn't. All right. Uh, let's talk some comics. Yeah, let's, let's for the love of God, let's talk <laughs> some comics. Uh, we had Justice League No Justice number three. We're almost at the end of the storyline. I think the fourth one came out today as we are speaking. Okay, alright, I'll read the blurb here. Starfire makes a crushing discovery, Beast Boy uncovers a shocking betrayal, and Cyborg and Wonder Woman are forced to make decisions that will have devastating repercussions for all four teams, and potentially for those they left behind on Earth. So Christian, what did you think? Um, I'm still enjoying the story. Uh, It reminds me a lot of Metal, but... The art for this issue just took me so far out of it. Especially like when I um, went back to read 2, just to kind of get back into this book, seeing Brainiac's son then go into this issue, and it's like, here's 20-year-old man, here's 12-year-old man. Yeah. It's just like, what? I thought he was Beast Boy. Like, I didn't, it took me a little <laughs> bit to figure out who he was. It, it definitely threw me off, too. Hmm. Um, and I understand why they needed to have multiple artists on this book, since it's weekly. But it was jarring. And if you're going to do that, then have artists with similar styles. Mm. Um, Not one that's like, you know, one artist is so like clean and crisp. And then the other artist is kind of like this weird, like murky, almost animated style. Mm. Um, You know, it it just, I don't know. And there's not even a smooth transition between the two styles. I could see it if they did this. I think it would have been smart if they were going to have this issue. Um, you know, throughout the books, which I, I don't feel like the first two books, I feel like it was just by, um, I can't even think of it, Tyneon, um, the, the one artist. Mm. But if you're going to have this issue or if you want to do it the right way, I feel like if they gave each team their own artist, that would have made sense. Like divide yes. it up that way. That'd be cool. So and Yeah, exactly. Mm. And like an art style that would almost fit the team, mm. I could see. Um, this just was just joining. Like I... I don't know. It threw me off completely. And there's tons of like exposition in this book, I feel like, you know, especially with this issue. Mm. And that definitely echoes back to metal. 
um, you know, which was unfortunate. I felt like this was a great, like, first issue of No Justice. Second issue was okay. And then this issue is kind of like we've jumped the shark. Um, <laughs> you know, and I felt like this issue was predictable, too. We have the teams all, like, you know, trying to light up their trees mm. or destroy their tree. I have no idea what they're doing. You know, they <laughs> talked about it a lot, but uh. I still didn't follow exactly what was happening. These trees just popped up on Brainiac's planets. They have to do something to these trees. They all represent, you know, kind of their power sets or, you know, their team, you know, mission. And then they basically, they fail. Like one of the, the last team fails, right? Yeah. While they're trying to like, they get all the like planets out and then they can't. Something yes. happens to Starro where he becomes big and gets on the Celestial's face <laughs> and gets ripped in half. Which um, was a cool... I, I didn't mind that scene, you yeah. know? He kind of had a hero turn and, mm. you know, uh, John, like, talks him up and, you know, Starro, you know, jumps into action and, you know, he's still talking smack as he's doing it. Yeah, he's know? like, I'm getting into his mind. Yeah. Yes. And then he gets ripped into. So, <laughs> um, cool moment, but... You know, basically, they fail. They they fail in the long run, and I don't know if that was part of Brainiac's plan, you know? Mm. Um, and we'll find out. His son has been hinting at this, or, you know, outright saying in this issue that, you know, that he's, you know, deceived the Justice League, and, you know, he has all these alternative motives, which I think we all kind of figured, you know, he's Brainiac, for crying out loud. Um, but... You know, and they also, the team discovers that it was Amanda Waller who um, uh, kills Brainiac. I mean, they advertise it as, like, this big discovery, but we already know, like, what this happened. Yeah, the reader, it's not a huge discovery, Mm -hmm. you know. And I don't know really how it's going to affect the story, you know, much. You don't care. Basically, they're on to Earth now. So, Mm -hmm. the the Omega Titans, right? Yes. Okay. (laughs) That name, Jesus. Yes, the Celestials. Oh, Snyder. Um. Um, (laughs) And I love Snyder. I really do. Um, The Omega Titans are now on their way to Earth. So, uh, the trees have lit up on Earth, Mm -hmm. basically. I think we've got one in... It's not Arkham. It's one of their uh, prisons. Uh, Is it Black's... Black Sight? No, that's not the right name. Uh, I'm not sure, man. I'd have to go back and look. I, rem- I remember. I can picture it. I just can't remember the name. I'm okay. like picturing the panel at the moment. But, um, yeah, there was one there. There was one at Star Labs, I think? Yes. Okay. And then I'm not sure what the other one was. Because there was only... there. Well, no, there's one in the Arctic, and then there's one... Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. Because Green Arrow... Mm, there's supposed to be four. In I'm surprised how much... Uh, like. This book is being, like, I felt like this book is almost becoming like a Green Arrow book, too. You know, a lot of it, uh, this past issue was really like the interaction between him and Waller. um, And him not willing to make the sacrifice of his teammates. You know, he kind of, like, is holding out hope. And she's kind of like, it's a cool back and forth Mm. between those two characters. I enjoyed that. Um, You know, I love Green Arrow, so it's nice to see him get some spotlight, you know, in this way. Um, and I'm hoping that he's a big part of Justice League, you know, um, after this. So, because this is all just going to be set up for the new Justice League series. I think everyone can see that, especially with only one more issue left. You know, I don't, I'm not sure where 
you know, Earth is going to be at this point. <laughs> you know, how they're going to save because it feels very dire. Yeah. Um, and they have to do it all in one issue. Yes. So we're going to get a lot of just, you know, maybe they'll pull out the metal suits that they used I mean, in the middle. What was the the tenth medal? Tenth medal or eleventh medal? <laughs> I don't know, man. Just the ultimate, like, was it Mary Stewart? You could just like pull oh, them out, yeah. like, oh, okay, we're it's good. literally the creation medal <laughs> that allows you to create whatever. Oh my god! Uh, the other, the two locations we were thinking of: Bell Reeve was the prison, and then um, the Tower of Fate. Oh, okay, okay, that makes sense. Um, yeah, eight. The first two issues were fun. This issue was kind of a letdown. Let's see if they can pick it up and, you know, salvage this series with the fourth issue. Oh, also the Fortress of Solitude. So there's five. One, two, three, four, five, yeah. Why is there, was there five on the Brainiac's planet? No. That's so there's weird. one on the main So don't they need the another team then? We'll find out. Snyder, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Did like I feel like DC's just given Snyder carte blanche to do whatever. Like he doesn't have like an editor or anything. He's just able to do whatever he wants. I mean, I guess after his Batman run, which was just epic, they're just like, "Hey man, here's the kings to the kingdom. You do whatever the hell you want." Um, but I don't know. I, right now, it feels like just a thirteen year old, you know, just going off and you know <laughs> telling a story with his friends because it just doesn't. It's just not adding up. It, it do, just doesn't you know, feel like it, good story. That's talk. fine and all, but just spread it out. Make it a full-fledged story. Don't give me four issues so rushed, and then I have to try to figure out what the fuck is going on half the time. But even but that's metal was spread out, and it still was you know crappy storytelling. Sorry, <laughs> yes. that's my opinion, I guess. But I mean, <laughs> it just. Uh, I don't know, man. I just hope this isn't like the new Snyder, like his style, where it's yeah. just, you know, balls to the wall, anything goes, and just a whole lot of exposition. I feel like his last two books has just been so much exposition. I mean, that's what killed metal for me. Mm-hmm. And it was the same kind of start. It was, you know, a really fun, action-packed, like, first two issues, and then it just felt like it was just weighed down with them trying to explain every little thing. You know, he just needs to streamline these stories a little. You know, it's way too much to keep track of. Mm. It, it just, I don't know. It's just not an enjoyable read. <laughs> you know, we shouldn't have to go back and try mm-hmm. to, you know, put the pieces together. Even though we just read the book a couple mm. days ago, <laughs> you know. So, that's not good storytelling. At least in my book. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what else did you read, Christian? Uh, Hunt for Wolverine, Mystery in Mandrapore, number one. All right. Why don't you read that blurb? Uh, what mayhem has the return of the mutant with metal claws caused in Mandrapore when Wolverine's former alter ego Patch is sighted on the streets of Mandrapore, the infamous island of ill repute? Kitty Pride pulls together a group of Logan's closest friends to try and find him. Storm, Rogue, Psylocke, Domino, and Jubilee. What they discover is a twisted cable of crime and dark mysteries that will take the X-Men from the depths of Lowtown to the stars circling overhead in the hunt for Wolverine. 
holy shit, you might as well just read the whole fucking book. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, Marvel's guys with these blurbs like <laughs> like to get long-winded. Yeah. Holy crap. That felt more detailed than what we even got exactly. in the Exactly. Did someone get a writer's credit for that? <laughs> Jesus. Um, I enjoyed this book for the most part. I like this group of characters mm. together. Um, I thought their interactions were strong. I like how they kind of showed the history between... Yes, the nostalgia um, when they go into the bar and they find his secret little hideout was, yeah, was perfect. Yeah, I thought that was awesome. I, it brought depth to this story that I felt was needed. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like uh, this book and the new Avengers book, um, the uh, what Adamantium. Yeah, Adamantium, um, Agenda. Agenda. I felt like those books have done the best so far of, you know, really showing what Wolverine meant to the characters and adding that depth that's needed for this story. Like, why they're really on this hunt to, you know, figure out what happened to Wolverine's body. Um, you know, I, I wasn't a huge fan of the art in this book. I felt like everyone was the same hype for some reason. Yeah. They, they seem very long. <laughs> they all have this kind of, like, model-esque to them. Yeah. Yeah, and this is all female, a whole, like, everything's, you know, mm. every character in this book is pretty much female. Even, you know, the reveal of the villains at the end of the book, it's, like, a, a just female roster. Um, and I don't, I don't know, I don't feel like the style really, I don't know, helped that. Mm. Um, you know, I just felt like, I don't know. It felt like eye candy for the sake of eye candy, you know, and that's not what the X-Men are about. Mm. Um, these characters all have a very distinctive style and, you know, they're more substance than... You, you know, didn't like that the just clothes that they choose to go looks. out in are the exact same colors and everything as their actual colors? Yes, like they color coordinated. <laughs> I don't know. felt very 90s, oh. you know. I felt like we're beyond this point, like, art style. Um, wise, you know, especially with them representing their female characters. Mm -hmm. Because that's the one thing that X-Men has, is they have strong female representation. Um, You know, where, like, the rest of Marvel, I don't feel like, has that so much. But they've got great female heroes on their team. Um, But that being said, I felt like the artists didn't do those characters justice, Mm -hmm. per se. You know, it was just kind of eye candy for the sake of eye candy. It's comics, I get it, but I don't know. I just didn't particularly like the style choice that they made um it almost felt anime too to me for some weird reason i don't know if it's just the faces or something like i get that there's definitely um it's definitely got a manga type feel to it. okay okay so it's not just me um i felt like the twist um at first they show up and they're meeting up with magneto Mm -hmm. um i felt the twist was a little predictable like i felt right away like it's not Magneto who's behind this. That's not really who they're searching for. Well, I mean, even the show, it's not him right away. Yeah, yeah. But I just, I don't know. I felt like I just knew he wasn't there. Like, I, you know, I at first I thought he was going to be part of the story at least, but then I just, I don't know. It just felt kind of mm. like a waste. I like the use, of the big reveal is that it's Viper and a a group of like you know female characters you know probably you know muscle for hire that she's using mm. um mind blast knockouts i really don't know anything about knockout i know mind blast a little but like the rest of the characters are kind of like sea level like villains um that i'm vaguely familiar with but viper's a cool character and she is has huge ties to wolverine so that's interesting mm. um 
I like the fact that I don't know exactly where the story is going. And that goes for all these books. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure where they're going with any of this. So there better be a pretty huge payoff. I don't see how these stories yeah. are going to be interwoven at all. Um, but obviously, they're playing the long game here. I mean, that's what I worry about the most with all of these so far. Is just like, are these going to pay off with like anything that has to do with Wolverine? Just like, or is this just kind of just the misadventures like, of people looking for Wolverine? And more I mean, about telling Wolverine's story through these misadventures, like that type deal. Yeah, I could see that. That'd be unfortunate, though. Because <laughs> each of these books are like four issues. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot, you know, just for a little side story, you know. Um, I don't know. I, I, I hope that there's more of a substantial, like, tie into mm. Wolverine's actual story than just, like, you know, what Wolverine means to these people. You know, a, a, a different way of reintroducing him to the Marvel Universe. Um, I hope there's more, like we actually find out exactly what the hell's going on. So, but I could definitely see, you yeah. know, like it being more of how many like times what I just I... said, like, Hey, you know, this is what Wolverine means to this set of characters. And this is what Wolverine means to this set of characters. <laughs> how many yeah. times have I gotten to the end of these types of books and it's just nothing mattered? Yeah. You know, right. it's just, I just, you know, yeah. It's just a fun little adventure, and it really doesn't fair, solve anything. To be fair, this was an interesting ending with having the uh, three of what I consider some of the most powerful X-Men just being taken by this group. Mm-hmm. Like, being so surprised and, you know, having Kitty rescue the other three. Yeah. Yeah. I I do like the portrayal of each one of the characters, too. Mm-hmm. I feel like they definitely captured their essence. You know, Kitty definitely felt like Kitty. Um you know, Storm felt like Storm. So um, the writer did a great job of really, you know, really nailing down each one of those characters and giving them time to, mm-hmm. to really like, you know, for us to get to know them. So, and you know, in one issue. So, um, you know, as a lifelong X-Men fan, you know, there's been times where I pick up, you know, some of these tie-in issues. And I was like, I feel like the artist had no idea, the writer had no idea who this character was. Um, this was not the case here. So, um, I don't know, it's an interesting little mystery. So, do you feel like there's enough of a mystery right now for each one of these teams? Like, I, I feel like they're kind of just like following leads, but we don't know what those leads are. I think the most mystery we have is definitely in the claws of the killer. Mm-hmm. Especially with having like... They show this image of Wolverine helping this company that we have no idea what if he was like under like some kind of spell it's brainwashed or, or yeah exactly so it definitely feels out of character what's going on in that book for but him. at the same time I still don't know why any of these people want him dead I don't know why you know yes but he was at least in that we saw him yes. in that book where this book he's just kind of you know in the peripheral you know he's just in flashbacks um, which was cool but. I don't know. We'll see what happens in the next four issues, so or next three issues. So there's a lot of stories still to be told. Yeah, I just want to see Luke Cage and um, Jessica Jones mess up that submarine. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's this week, right? I'm, it's that or it's Daredevil. Yeah, I think we're getting one issue. I don't know if it's week. going in order because if it continues to go in order, then it'll be the um, Daredevil team. Okay, 
It's a lot of story to be told here. <laughs> so gives us content. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if any of it's good, but <laughs> we'll see. Um. All right. Uh. What's the next book, my friend? Hey, another tie-in. We got Infinity Countdown, Darkhawk, number one. Well, it must be summertime because we're doing a lot of tie-ins here. <laughs> um. All right. Let me read this blurb. It's another Marvel blurb, so I'm sure it's wordy. Um. On Earth, Chris Powell is a patrol officer with the NYPD, protecting and serving the people of New York. But out in space, he's Dark Hawk, the galaxy's only line of defense against the return of the ancient army of the Fraternity of Raptors. Spinning out of the Infinity Countdown storyline, the Hawk is back to fight the justice from the edge of Manhattan to the edge of the universe. Yeah, this definitely was a very loose Mm tie-in to Infinity Countdown. This felt more of a like spin-off into you know his own story because i mean we kind of get an idea of what's going on in infinity countdown you know through nova mm-hmm. who's in this book you know as a hologram image but chris powell's story doesn't seem to really have much to do with you know countdown no i'm assuming it's going to become more revolved around like probably the power stone and like the actual raptors that we see show up mm-hmm. in this book are probably going to go after that. So I'm yeah. assuming that's kind of the route they're going to take. I feel like they're jumping, like, I don't know if this is supposed to be the start of an ongoing or if this is just going to be, well, it's, it's, it's labeled Infinity Countdown yeah. Darkhawk. So I'm guessing it's just supposed to be a spinoff, but maybe it's going to be the launch of an ongoing, which I, I really enjoyed this book. Mm. So I was a fan of Darkhawk in the 90s. Um, not many were, <laughs> so, um, the, I feel like the book maybe lasted maybe like 50 issues, maybe. Um, but I always found the character really interesting. He's very old school Marvel, the way they introduced mm. him and everything. Um, his, his whole origin feels a little convoluted now to me. I'm still trying to track where he is character wise. Like, I followed him up to, like, he did, the, there's this whole spinoff called The Loners, and, you know, he was a hero, but he wasn't a hero, and, you know, I, I, I'm i not quite sure where the character's at. It seems like he's in a good place now. Um, you know, he's part of, there was a huge space epic, like, five, six years ago, I can't remember the name of it, um, that he was a part of, and it kind of really fleshed out everything with his character origin wise because we didn't know much in the 90s except you know for some reason he would switch places with this like robotic like alien you know who's pretty badass um you know but he would still be in control but it was almost like he was like just like at the controls it wasn't mm. him um this kind of gave us a good reintroduction though to that character and where he's at um they kind of they kind of gave you, like, there's a whole move. Like, I guess that character is, like, sacrificed himself, basically, for mm-hmm. him. And now Chris is part of the amulet, is how I read it. Like, I guess, like, it's got his code within the amulet. Yeah. So every time he, like, goes into the suit, he's actually just destroying his body and the suit's now there. And that's, that's kind pretty, of like how... Pretty messed up. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how I'd be able to handle that. But he still gets into the suit like it's nothing later on in the issue, so... 
Yeah, like he's not in pain. It's not like Ghost Rider mm. where his flesh is melting off the bone. Um, but yeah, he's finding out. So I'm guessing this is going to do some long-term damage to him. Yeah, I um, so it's like it's destroying his body and then regenerating his body and then does the same thing to Darkhawk. Once yeah. he's Darkhawk, it destroys the armor and then regenerates it each time. And they're saying that he's not as powerful as he was. Now... Darkhawk was a powerful character. He wasn't all that powerful, though, so I don't know if he's, you know, since then gained a lot of powers and become more of a... You know, he's part of this whole, like, race of raptors that are, like, I don't know, this this weird, like, space, like, like cult or something. Yeah, I, um, and there's, like, there, <laughs> yeah, it's very, like... It's hard for me to track. Yeah. Um, but it's cool. Like, I could see myself getting into it. And this was a great mm. like gateway into that world. Because um, I know we found out that in Infinity Countdown, Nova, uh, Richard Ryder's brother, is one of the raptors. Um, which was a surprise to him. But it's like this pretender group that's yeah, like worshippers. Like worshippers. Okay. Yes, of the raptors. Because then the real raptors show up in this book and just decimate them so they're tearing off limbs mm. it's pretty badass um so i don't know what chris's connection is to those raptors i guess we'll find out to like the original the og raptors if you will <laughs> um so i don't know but this is a great start the art was beautiful in yes this book. great art <laughs> yes after no justice um the writer's Chris Sims, and the uh, artist was Gangleam, I believe is the name. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. But just great art um, and just great storytelling, you know, through the art. That opening scene um, where he's uh, on pursuit, like in pursuit of, you know, some crooks in his cop car, and he just blasts through, yeah. through the windshield this Darkhawk, and then he cuts the car in half. That's badass. Mm. That's exactly what I want to see out of this book. Just action-packed. It was a beautiful, beautiful panel. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm excited for this book. I hope it's an ongoing. I hope it becomes an ongoing. <laughs> yeah, so. I mean, this quickly grasped me. Like, I was surprised. Like, I'm like, I know jack shit about this character. I'm going into this pretty blank. And I was... I felt myself enjoying it. It felt for me, for some reason... It gave me this almost like Spider-Man intergalactic vibe is how I was kidding. And that's really the, um, it's funny that you said that because that's kind of the vibe that Chris has. Um, at least like a very 90s like Peter Parker. Gotcha. Um, you know, he very, he felt like he was, that character was following that template of Peter Parker. He was a very Marvel character. Um, and that's what I enjoyed about him really, you know, um, when he first was introduced in the 90s. Um, they kind of got away from that. Um, but this feels very much back in line with that original like introduction to the character. So um, just kind of a fun action adventure story, you know, with a kid who makes mistakes, um, but is trying to do his best. And he clearly doesn't have like full grasp of his power yet, too, as we saw in his like final confrontation of this story. Yes, yes. And that was a huge uh, reveal for me, too, because then uh, Death's Head shows up straight out of the 90s. And, you know, is, you know, trying to, I guess, collect a bounty. Someone wants his suit. Yes, someone wants his suit. So it just kind of (laughs) felt like out of nowhere. I guess Death's Head has been around since the 90s, but I haven't seen him. 
Um, it's just a fun character. I'm more um, knowledgeable of like Death's Head 2 um, from the uh, Marvel UK line in the 90s. But this is the original Death's Head. Um, just a fun character. Ridiculous. Super British. You could even like like the dialogue that the way he's mm-hmm. written. You could hear the accent almost. Um, even though he's supposed to be this space bounty hunter, it felt like they did a great job of capturing that vibe from the original, like, UK line. Um, and just kind of that dry humor that he has. Because um, he calls himself, like, an intergalactic, like, peacekeeper. Yeah. But he's just he's <laughs> yeah. just a freaking bounty hunter. Um, I'm hoping that he has a big part of the story. So I hope that he almost becomes, like... Oh, you want like, buddy cop? Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what I want. So... 90s uh, 13-year-old me will love that story. Uh, there was an interesting moment where it's uh, he joins up with a special force of cops that are going to be fighting criminals. Yes, was the blue line? Yeah, it's like um, blue... Code, like code blue? Code blue? That sounds right. It's like something that they would have called out on their like comms or something. Okay. Like, you know? And it's supposed to be like the first line of defense against any like superhero. Yes, super but they also activity. made it sound like the person running that is like, oh, he has no idea what this is really about. So I oh, don't know. Okay. okay. But like, I did. for me, it you're felt talking like about the stretching. you're talking about the lieutenant who's yes. offering the position. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't understand what the actual no. Like he's um, as Chris and the wife drive away. They okay. um, he's like he has no idea what he's getting himself into. It's what he says on the panel. Oh, so I'm like I don't know if that's like supposed to be Chris off. says that or. The lieutenant. The lieutenant. Okay. Okay. So obviously there's some other motive going on. I think there. Okay. I didn't even catch that. So, <laughs> um, or at least I don't remember. It. Um, but yeah, yeah. I we'll see what happens with that. I, it seems it sounds like it was something that was introduced in the legacy book. Um, that at the issue fifty one or whatever that they did. So, I'm not sure though. So I'll have to go back. Yeah, we'll have I'll have to go, go back. back and read that. Um, I don't know if that's ongoing or what. If he already has an ongoing series, no but idea. This does not <laughs> feel like he has an ongoing series, right? Um, now. I, I guess what I found interesting about that is like, if he's a superhero, how is he going to handle having a job where he can't suit up and fight villains? Does he? So well, he obviously does suit up and fight villains, though, because he yes, did it. but this, but if he's actually doing it as a job as well, like he did all that before he took the job, mm-hmm. like he does all the, um, he jumps out of the car and he specifically is making sure that no one knows that that's what happened. Yes, yes. So does he? Well, maybe this that this squad and that lieutenant knows that he's Darkhawk. Oh. Yeah, I don't know the backstory. But I was kind of assuming that he knows that, you know, he is a hero and that he has this power set. And why not, you know, do it, you know, in the name of the law, you know, work this squad. You know, that's what I was reading. I could be completely wrong um, because that would be a little weird. And how would why would he want to work with anyone if he's going to be using his powers on and off and kind of in secret? You know, he's not going to want to be part of a team. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he was under the impression that he can heal himself, whatever, but. What do you mean? Well, he the did, dark he, like he thought that the dark hawk stuff will heal him when he wants to, but oh. now since he's got the weird pendant, destroys his body, brings yeah. Him back, it well, that's how the amulet anymore. would work before yeah. he would switch his body would go off and then it would heal itself and when he came back, it would be completely like fine, like nothing ever happened. 
So, but what was your point though with him? How would that keep it secret though? Oh, I just, I'm assuming that's maybe that's how he would assume he'd be able to take damage. I don't know. I don't, yeah, I just don't, I don't, my point is, like, I don't know how you would keep it secret from the team. Yeah, I don't, I have no idea. That's you why I'm working all these cases that are, like, you know, you're basically tracking down supervillains or being the first line of defense against these villains. How are you hiding the fact that you're Darkhawk, you know? It, it, so I feel like they might know. So. Mm-hmm. Apparently we have some reading to do. Yes. <laughs> but I definitely would recommend this yes. book. It seems definitely. like... It, yeah, the highlight of this of this week for me. Yes, I agree. I definitely agree. And this seems like a good starting point um, for this book. I'm sure that's why they, you know, used this event to kind of kickstart this character again. Um, all right, man. All right, it's time to talk some Star Wars. That's right. Solo, a Star Wars story. I still hate that kind of tagline that they did to it. I'd rather them just put the name. Like, we don't need to know. Like, we know it's a Star (laughs) Wars story. We don't need it in the title. Mm. So, I I don't know. I don't know what marketing person came up with that. But, yeah, it sucks. I agree. (laughs) So, like, everyone, no one's going to call it Solo a Star Wars story. Mm. They're just going to call it Solo. It's like no one refers to Rogue One a Star Wars story. Yeah. You know, they just call it Rogue One. So, Christian. Yes. Your thoughts on Solo, a Star Wars story. <laughs> <laughs> I was um, pleasantly surprised with how much I actually enjoyed it. Okay. It's still, like, it's still a solid B movie for me in the Star Wars universe. But B movie as in grade, not like a B movie. B movies, like, you know, like a low grade movie. I would say as in grade. Okay, I was going to say... <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it too low, but it's still like. Is that not a reference? Millennials have B movies. Is not a no. Real thing. I got. <laughs> I was trying to like different. It's, just ignore my. Brain, okay. 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 Jeez. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm saying in in the grand scheme of all Star Wars films, I would say this is a, it's a like just a little bit below what I would consider a normal Star Wars film. Does that make sense? I get it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's just. But you enjoyed it. Yes. I liked the way that they used the underground. I liked the, the, um, a lot of these new aspects. I like learning more about what's going on in this universe when it's not just Jedi and Sith going to war. You know? I liked, I liked those aspects. I liked a lot about... Um, I kind of bought into his young, naive character at this time. As long as there's a sequel to see him build more. Now we don't know if we're going to get a exactly. sequel, right? Because this film did not do very well in the box office. It underperformed by a quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I believe it raked in about $103 million, which sounds like a lot of money to me. <laughs> but I guess it was projected to get like up to like $150 like, or $170 at one point, they were saying. But then they downgraded those expectations. So it definitely kind of had like did not perform where they thought it was going to, and I, I think that's just mostly because of backlash from um, Last Jedi. Last Jedi. I agree with that. I also think it's going up against a lot. You Deadpool's just on its second mm-hmm. week. Infinity War is still going strong. So there's a lot of things out there. Mm-hmm. I don't understand the summer schedule right now. I, I it feels like it was really top heavy, like. 
You know, I mean, it's only, it's not even June yet. I feel like all the big movies that I was looking forward to are already out. There's plenty of space throughout these next three months, and I don't know why they didn't. Why yeah, no one why not spread it out? Especially, like, Disney, I mean, if, uh, the Avengers movie is a Disney film, mm-hmm. so you would think they would definitely want distance between these two movies. Um, you know, not to, they're basically, you know, chasing their own tail. So it's just, it's kind of odd to me. Um, maybe like, and I don't know, I'm not an analyst, but maybe like May's just the hot month for movies. And if you've got a big property, you got to put on in May, but we've seen Star Wars films out at other times, you know, in December and they uh, do so game launch a Star Wars film whenever you want. Exactly. And it's going to do well. So why put it in this really like highly competitive, you know, time? You know, frame. So I, I, I was a little confused by that. Um, you know, I I was actually disappointed by this movie. I think I went into this movie actually with higher expectations than you did, mm. and maybe that kind of, you know Oh yeah, we definitely came in yes, different levels. Yes. You were kind <laughs> of not expecting much, and I think I was expecting more, and I came out underwhelmed um with this movie. Um it just kind of missed the boat for me. I think the issue was I never felt fully invested in any of the characters. Um, they never hit the target for me emotionally. Like I, I, the emotional stakes weren't ever that high. Um, and just the stakes in the movie in general never felt that high. And maybe I'm just so accustomed to like these Star Wars movies, mm. you know, just like at this like odyssey level you know like the space odyssey where you know everything has like the fate of the galaxy intertwined Mm. in you know the story where this was very much a standalone story about you know this character um you know the performance were all fine um i think the script is what kind of let this movie down because i feel like um alden eckhart Aaron, Aaron, <laughs> Aaron There we go. Aaron There you go. I feel like Alden Aaron did a fine job. I feel like the writer, who is the writer, the script writer of Empire, um, didn't get. I don't know. Like I, I he didn't capture Han Solo for me. Um, just in the dialogue, um. And that goes for all the characters. Like, just everything felt slightly off. The jokes didn't land at all. Mm. Like, I felt like this movie was going to be a lot, I don't know, a lot more funny. Yeah, especially the way they talked about it. They kept saying, oh, I mean, the first, like, um, cut of it was, like, humor nonstop and they wanted to make it a little bit more serious. This... This did not feel like a comedy film to me whatsoever. Yeah, and they were talking about like there was too much humor um, in the first round. I can't remember the director's names. It was a team um, who eventually got fired because there was too much ad-libbing. There was too much humor throughout. Mm -hmm. But it feels like they went the other side of the spectrum and they kind of lost that, you know, I don't know, that that fun spirit that mm. makes Star Wars, you know, what it is. Like, there's no charm to this movie, for me, at least. Um, you know, and that's who Han Solo is, you know? He's willing to, you know, 
kind of break that Star Wars, you know, not the fourth wall, but like just kind of like, you know, how everything's so straight laced, mm. you know, he'll get on the intercom with the stormtroopers and kind of, you know, trying to fuck with them. And, you know, just like that's that character to me. And I didn't get that at all from this performance, you know, and they, like that spirit wasn't there. Um, that being said, there's lots of things I liked about the movie. Like, I, I, I agree with you. Like, I liked exploring the underworld of the Star Wars universe. I liked seeing the different aspects of, you know, like this galaxy mm. and, you know, how things work and what it looks like to be on a planet that's, you know, being led by the Empire and, you know, the, the, the recruitment, like they had a whole recruitment center set up and... I liked those things. I liked some of the characters they introduced and seeing the different ra- alien races. I thought that was cool. Um, but the, I don't know. It just it, The movie just felt like it didn't matter much to me. It just felt flat um, and blanded sometimes. Um, like, what, what did you think of the, uh, the Kelso run? Like, what did you think? That was, very, that was underwhelming for me. Yeah, like I was expecting it to be so much more dramatic, so much more, um, like they have to go through all these tunnels to get there in the specific amount of time to save themselves. And that's that's at the core. That's what they were doing. But at the same time, I never felt like this well, is going to be. You know, right off the bat that they survive it. <laughs> yes. Um. So I mean, that kind of takes away, and that's always an issue with any kind of like. Mm. movie. I guess I was hoping maybe it would be more like of a race almost. Yeah, more dramatic because yes. he always talks about how many like, what is, I can't remember the... Parsecs. Parsecs, yes. 13? Is 12. It? 12, okay. <laughs> 12 parsecs. So, um, and it's such a part of Star Wars lore that, I don't know, you kind of build it up in your head and that was the second act and I don't know, it just kind of like I said, it felt mm-hmm. flat. It just, you know, you knew that they were going to be okay, um, I don't know. It just... I liked the interactions between Chewie and Han. I liked their story. Um, To the point where I'd almost wish we got more of that. You know, more of those two characters. I felt like Chewie got a lot of great screen time and a lot of story. Um, You know, I I liked seeing uh, him get physical. You know, you got a lot more action from Chewbacca. Um... You know, I mean, dropping. I saw him rip people's arms off. Yes, we actually saw him <laughs> rip people's arms off. We saw him slamming people on their heads. Um, I don't know. Um, the whole liberating of that mine, uh, that minor town mm-hmm. or whatever. I can't remember the town's name now. I don't remember. The, the whole subplot with the droids. I could do without that. The whole L3, I, I really did not care for L3 at all. Um, I just felt like, eh. You know, well, I, I heard a lot of, like, big things about her, but, like, it just... For the amount of time she got, that was very, like, it was short. Like, her, like, like you got this kind of experience in a very short, condensed amount of time, yeah. and I felt that felt rushed. Yeah, Rather maybe if we it, spent more time with the character... Mm-hmm. And to build this whole idea of this kind of romance between her and Lando, it just didn't... It felt Which at first you thought it was like a joke, and then you see Lando, re- how he reacted yeah, actually, yeah. to um, her getting shut down. Spoilers. I don't know if we said that in the beginning, but it's a review, so spoilers. Um, you know, during the whole liberation of the droids and the Wookiees and everything, um, 
then you're like, oh, he actually does have feelings for her because he's, you know, diving over shit, you know, grabbing onto her. He's, you know, and I don't know if it was just the audience that I had, but they were like, some people were like laughing in the audience. Oh, so when like, he was like, yes, like oh, okay. it didn't like, I don't know. It didn't resonate <laughs> with mm. them. And I, I don't know if that took me out of the moment because it definitely didn't resonate with me. Um. So, and maybe they didn't build that relationship up enough. Yeah, she, I just don't think she had enough screen time, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I think uh, one of, like, that was the most, the moment that I laughed the most was her lines between her and Kiara, uh, Kira. Kira. In the um, ship, in the cockpit, where she's explaining that he loves her and how it, it wouldn't work. Because, because yeah. Of, not because they're a robot and a man, but yes. just because she doesn't think they get it wrong. Yeah. Um, the uh, Han finally, like, you know, he gets, he joins up with this squad mm. of, you know, I don't know if they're mercenaries. They're pretty much mercenaries, right? Or, or smugglers. They're smugglers. Smugglers. They're so, um, and then he's basically doing this so he can pilot his own ship and get back to mm-hmm. his home planet to meet up with Kira. Mm-hmm. And then he just, like, runs into her just randomly in the middle of this job. And that kind of just felt, I don't know, off to me. Like, it just kind of felt anticlimactic. Mm. Because the way they were kind of building, like, I thought that was going to be a big moment. And it just kind of like, oh, hey, you're here. Like, it didn't feel like a huge moment between those two characters. And I don't know if I just didn't buy the chemistry between those two. And maybe that was the issue. You know, maybe in my head, Han hmm. is always a Leia guy, and that's you know. <laughs> so I had I had a lot of issues with um, Kiara's character use in this film. Okay, I, I love I love the way um, Amelia Clark was portraying her. Everything was fine. It just felt like a big tease to a much better character throughout the entire film. Mm-hmm. Like they show her um, in the mine uh, in the uh, mining facility, and she just quickly takes out that guy. Yeah. But you don't actually see her do any of that. And they kind of just like say, oh, she, you know. She knows some like ancient fighting style. Exactly. So you never get to see her use that. They constantly. Well, she does it at the end. She uses it. Yeah. For like two seconds. Yeah. Yeah. That battle should have been. We'll get there. But yeah. Yes, we'll get there. Um, They constantly are saying, oh, you know, you don't know the things I've done to be here. And and the way. And we still don't. Because. (laughs) Yeah. they kept, uh, the way that she kept just falling right into Han, when she's supposed to be this kind of femme fatale, like, kind of control herself kind of character at this point, I, I didn't, it didn't bother me when Han runs into her. Because I was expecting her to then now be this different type of character. Mm-hmm. And the way that they just, like, they just start making out whenever they have the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Just, I felt like that took away from this type of character that I was expecting from her. Like, I was expecting her to keep him from, like, at bay, kind of, just, like, show that she's, more, like, have, like, more power, I guess, over him. Well, the fact that, like, he goes AWOL, joins up with this, you know, team of smugglers mm-hmm. to go back and to rescue her. What happens, basically, in the movie is they're, you know, he's trying, they're both trying to get, escape this planet only he makes it out. He has to leave her behind. So it's this big moment. And he spent the next couple of years 
trying to like you know he joins up with the empire basically um as one of their ground troopers but it's all in hopes to eventually you know be able to pilot his own ship back and rescue her and then he just i don't know they just run into each other and uh, sparks don't really fly or anything it just i don't know it just felt Mm. flat like and i almost i blame it on just almost well, writing and just like the character chemistry, it just I never bought them together for some reason. Um, you know, because I almost expect them to have that big scene where they're making out, or like I, I felt like it's just kind of like, oh, you're here. Well, you look well. Like it's like, well, this has been his whole like mission for the last couple of years. Yeah, I just if, when that happened, I thought she was keeping secrets. You know, like trying to. Like, yeah, and that's her. obviously, and she obviously, you mm-hmm. know, she's working with. I can't remember his name now off the top of my head um uh Voss Dryden Voss yeah so who is part of the Crimson Dawn, Dawn yeah. um you know but he's not the lead of the Crimson Dawn he's just one of the bosses I believe so he's working it, he, she's working for him and he's there so obviously she can't overreact or whatever she plays it very cool but almost like too cool and he plays it really cool too so, um, but I don't know. I just never bought that. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I think it became a different movie than I was expecting, you know, at that point, um, which was fine because I, I was really expecting that to be a big, you know, part of the story. Um, even though, you know, I've seen the trailers, I know that they eventually meet up, you know, at some point, but I don't know. I just thought that would be a huge moment. Um, I don't know. Um, what did you think of Donald Glover as Lando? You know, um, it, I went 50-50. It was mostly like, I enjoy. I definitely enjoyed him playing Lando, but then there was times where he kind of sounded like he was overly trying to be Lando. Like, mm-hmm. it, like it felt more like a, um, what's it called? Someone doing an impression, impression. at times. Yeah. And, um, which was fine, but I, I kind of wanted more, I guess. Yeah. I, I and this is a younger, I mean, there, I think there's... Eight years, I believe they're saying, um, in between this movie and A New Hope. Mm. So I mean, I mean, all the characters are younger versions of themselves, but he never felt like Lando completely to me. Um, I couldn't just picture Billy D. Williams in these situations. Um, so I think that was kind of off-putting. Um, you know, I enjoyed the performance, mm-hmm. but it just felt like a different character almost. Yeah, you know? it reminded me more of other work that he's done rather than what like him being Billy D. Williams. Yes, right Lando. Now. Yes, um, you know, but let's say like I I enjoyed the dynamic between him and Han. Mm-hmm. You know, I I did enjoy that. Um, but uh, you I you know who I did enjoy? I enjoyed Beckett. I did enjoy yes. that character. You know, and he feels very cookie cutter. You know, the, you know, the tired old criminal, um, you know, trying to give, you know, life lessons to, you know, the new guy on the scene, but it worked, you know, and I enjoyed his action scenes too. He seemed like a really, like, just a badass, mm. like straight out of like a oh, western. Oh yeah, he doesn't miss a shot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right? Um, I thought, I thought that was well done. Um, despite... I like that whole crew, not, not to interrupt you. It's, I like that whole little crew that, that he runs into. That was, you know... I was actually surprised on how little they are in the film, mm-hmm. though, because Val and um, what's the other character, uh, Rio, they la- They're maybe there for 
like 10 minutes, mm-hmm. like, right? They, they, their first mission together, they end up dying. So I was kind of surprised by that because, I mean, a lot of the marketing shows those two yes. characters. I wasn't a huge fan of Rio. I won't lie. Like, I felt like all his lines felt flat because he was obviously there for, you know, the levity of the character. And I felt like he just didn't land any of the jokes for me. And that was John Favreau mm. doing the voice. And I didn't even realize it until afterwards because he definitely didn't have that, you know, Favreau like wit. Because there's a, a thing with his dialogue that just flows, you know, and it just didn't feel like him at all. Mm. So. I felt like they maybe in that maybe that was part of the rewrites or whatever. Um, you know, they they turned down the character a notch or two. Um, so I it just he didn't work for me. But Val seemed like a great character, and I would have liked to see more of her on the screen. I it was disappointing that she was only there for you know basically mm. one. I thought she was going to be a completely different character. Really, there's like this character that he kind of like marries in yeah. the, the legacies and I, I thought that was going to be her I thought it was good because uh, she comes back in the comics later on uh huh yeah because I heard that too I did hear that but yeah just I mean I don't know I it, and I'm wondering if Becca would have made different decisions if Val was still around like mm-hmm. if you know his choices would have been different um did you how did you feel about I'm going to mess up this name Emphy's Nest um, they were interesting. I they didn't do much for me. I didn't really care for them at the moment, at the time. No, that's the name of the one character, though, right? No, that's the name of the organization. What's the character's name in the armor? Because uh, she's listed. She's credited as Emphy's Nest. Oh, I thought that that was just their. No, that's she's she's credited because and you at first you're introduced to the character and you think it's just like another smuggler who's trying to hijack their mission. Yeah. And they're kind of racing against her. Um, and it's, spoilers, it's a her. Um, <laughs> which I guess was supposed to be like a reveal. But um, to oh. like, you know, to this cargo. Um, and she basically threats them and causes Val's death and, you know, um, Rio's death, basically. So then you find out, and I actually, this was probably the most interesting part of the story to me. Was in the third act, you find out that no, she's actually not a smuggler. Mm. She's actually part of the rebellion and she's trying to, like, you know, help fund the rebellion. Um, I found that interesting. You know, I found the character interesting. You know, had this whole, like, weird, like, Mad Max vibe going on. Mm. Um, I wanted more of that story <laughs> and kind of less of everything else at that <laughs> point. Um, I could have done with less of Kessel's run. And more of, you know, that character and her story, honestly. So, how did you feel about Han helping them out? I didn't have a problem with it. I felt like in this story, once again, kind of the way I see this movie is, I think this is nothing without a sequel at this point. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like they left so much open to him, to his growth and everything, in a sequel. So I feel like this is still just, it ends with him still being the naive young boy that he kind of was throughout the entire film. Mm -hmm. So you think he gets... They even like kind of say it throughout the movie. He becomes the the scruffy nerf herder. Yes. (laughs) In the sequel, pretty much. Because he does feel like such a different character to me. Um, You know, and it's like eight years um, where he's at. Like, I feel like Han in the beginning of New Hope would not help out. Emphy's Nest. 
He would be more against it. In the beginning of yes. Bill. You know, towards the end, we see, you know, his true heart. But I feel mm. like he wouldn't be helping out in Envy's Nest. So that kind of took me aback that he actually helped them out. You know, and so easily. Um, you know, because I was kind of expecting him to, like, you well, know. Yeah, but in the story, it's supposed to be playing off the fact that, yes, he uh, he's just a good guy. Yeah. At, at the end that of the day, no matter hard. what he says he is, no matter what... He is so you feel guy. like in a sequel you'll see something that will make him more gruff and more willing to yes. kind of, you know, drop cargo, you know, when needed. Because, like, Lando has that line, you know, in the beginning of the run where he's like, just drop, drop everything, drop the cargo, let's go, let's turn around mm-hmm. once they see, um, you know, the Empire or the Starship. So um, that felt like a Han line in the beginning of A New Hope where, you know, he was willing just to bail, like, hey, man, forget it, you know, I'm out. Um yeah, that was one of the things I was worried about in this film. At the beginning, when he first meets uh, Beckett's team, uh, you hear lines that he says in New Hope and in uh, Empire back to back. I'm like, oh my god, I don't need to hear the origin of every single Yes, exactly. Concept. But it ends there, thank God. Uh-huh. <laughs> he even used, what did he use? Something from, uh, oh god, what was it? From Force Awakens. Something he called uh, Chewbacca, something a Murf, a Moof, something or something ridiculous, yeah. you know, that stood out of that movie. He says again, and I don't. Maybe he said it in the original trilogy, and I just missed it. But he threw that line out there. I was like, oh, I know where that's from. <laughs> um, so yeah, they definitely used some callbacks, but I didn't think it was too on the nose. Mm. You know, um, I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I just. It just didn't work for me. And I really was trying hard to like this movie. Mm. I was excited about this movie. Um, But a lot of things just didn't click all the way. I enjoyed the movie overall. I was entertained by it. But it's just kind of like, eh. It was just there. Yeah. You know? Um, It was beautifully shot. Um, It's just the script. Which is is really surprising. Because the script right he did Empire, which in my mind is one of the greatest movies of all time. And he did Force Awakens, too. So, you know, once I saw his name, I was kind of like, okay, the script's not going to be the problem. But to me, it really was the script. And I don't know, you know, he's got the main credit on here, mm. but I don't know how much of his script got, you know, reworked or changed around. I mean, there was a lot of issues on this movie. Yes. So, um, and I did feel like that showed um, overall. Because I just felt, I don't know, everything just felt a little off-kilter to me, you know? Um, Do you want to talk third act? Yeah, let's talk about third act. So, at this point for the movie, I was kind of, I was hoping there was going to be, as I said earlier, more for Kiara. Like, Kira. I keep calling her Kiara. It's fine. (laughs) Kira. And I was kind of hoping that she would betray him earlier. Okay. Because uh, by the end, sorry, spoilers again, um, she takes the ship and goes off on her own. And I think maybe that was part of the problem I had, too. I felt like that the whole betrayal is so predictable. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew it was coming. And they, you know, set it up right off the bat with the Woody Harrelson's character, you know, telling him, Beckett yes. telling him, don't trust That's anyone. Right. I'm telling, like, warning, literally directly warning him about her. Um, so I just felt like it was so obvious. Mm. Did you see, because... Did you see Beckett coming back and betraying him? Did you see that whole, you know, kind of, like, there's, like, a double turn, almost? 
Uh, as soon as what's his name said, I I knew about this. I was like, oh wow, okay, Beckett's the only one else I could have possibly given uh-huh. the information. But um, it had a lot of like old like heist movie tropes going mm-hmm. on, you know, where you just don't trust anyone. It had a lot of those like kind of cliches yeah. happening. I enjoyed it, but you know, there's a lot of cliches happening um, here. So, um, and I feel like that predictability definitely hurt it. Um, did you? What about the dynamic between uh, Kira and Voss? Um, I thought it could have stepped it up a notch. I thought he could have definitely been more like, "I love this girl." Kind of had this kind of creepier angle to it, like make it seem like she's playing these men like more. You know, I wish we've gotten more time with those two too, because yeah. we're kind of introduced to them right away. I mean, Voss gets maybe like ten minutes of screen time here, maybe if even that much. So we don't really get to know that character mm-hmm. at all and know what kind of threat he is um, or why she's so like underneath his, like underneath his thumb. Um, and I just, I don't know if it, if it did those two justice, you know, there's a lot of like, I don't know. There's a lot of things where I felt like they would have, they could have done less of mm. and just more of, you know, like I like the setup where it's Beckett He's got he's got all the um, the crystals that he needs to get out, mm-hmm. um, and the doors closed. There's only like a couple weapons everywhere. They have to chase through it. But I wanted more like good, the bad, and the ugly at this scene. Mm-hmm. I wanted that kind of reaction where it's like it's Stand three up. people standing for themselves yeah. for this moment. That's what I felt was missing for me. Mm-hmm. I thought it would have been way more interesting if like. Um, Kira was already had like established that she's going to betray Han, so he's thinking, "Oh, I I don't know if I can kill her or how I'm going to defend myself in this situation." Then you have um, Voss, who's like, "I'm pissed off at both of you, so I want to um, just kill both of you." It, I thought it would have been a way cooler moment and a way cooler like just three way battle between these three. Yes. Like, almost like a Reservoir Dog kind of, like, exactly. you know, type deal, you know. And that's kind of what I was expecting to happen, too. But we didn't get that, you know. And I don't, like, back at, like, choosing to use, like, Chewy as the person he goes with just seemed weird. Like, why would you go with the most lethal? Yeah, <laughs> and he's clearly not pointing his gun at him when he gets yeah. in the elevator. He could have just dropped it and hit him real fast. You know, he rips people's arms off. Yeah. That's what he does. So, um... Yeah, that seemed a little weird to me. Um, it's yeah, I mean, and I even when she makes the choice and she betrays Voss, I still knew mm-hmm. that she was going to end up betraying Han someone somehow. Um, you know, and I guess it wasn't like a straightforward betrayal. She just kind of leaves him. You know, um, and let's talk about the big reveal. Oh, yes. Uh, it turns out that Crimson Dawn is being run by none other than Darth Maul himself. That's right. We get the reemergence of Darth yes. Maul in, you know, the theatrical world of Star Wars. Finally. So, um... I can't wait for his updated lightsaber to be a toy. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably one of the biggest moments of the film for me. Mm-hmm. And it really kind of showed me what these movies could be. Um, all these, you know, Star Wars tales or whatever they're calling them, mm-hmm. these like side stories. 
because I, I want to know about like that world and all these other cool kind of, you know, stars because we've been following it in, you know, the Clone Wars and, you know, his story in Rebels and everything. Um, but to see it like kind of come in fruition, mm-hmm. you know, on the big screen, it's pretty awesome. Um, you know, I definitely popped in the theater when he showed up because I was not expecting it at all. Um, I just, I, I wasn't, I wasn't sure who it was. I felt like it was going to be someone that we knew. I was actually, I was probably guessing it was like Jabba. You know, that's kind of where my yeah, Originally I was like, like, oh, Jabba's is just in control of everything. Yeah, that's But then kinda... when it, when I saw the metal legs and I heard the voice, I was like, oh. well, what, yeah, that was, yes, <laughs> that was awesome. And the fact that they are, you know, picking and choosing, you know, mm-hmm. the best of the best from like that whole Legends, you know, um, line, it. That's awesome, you know, and that they're not afraid to do that because that is definitely one of the more popular storylines, you mm-hmm. know, and seeing Darth Maul finally, you know, back. Um, Maul and, becoming a um, crime lord. Where's that movie? Yeah, well, that I feel like that's <laughs> where this will lead to sequel wise. I hmm. feel like you're going to get, you know, that more of the origins of how that happened. Well, I feel like you're going to get Han against, you know, the Crimson Dawn. I feel like that's going to be, you know, the next mm. movie. Um, you know, especially with, you know, uh, Kira, like, being part of it. Because I feel like he would still chase after her at this point. Yeah, or they're going to run into each other, happenstance. <laughs> you know, like, just... Um, especially, because I mean, they also hint at, you know, Han going off and, you know... Oh, working for Java. Java, yes. yes. So, that's definitely, you know, teased. So, um... So they're definitely going to cross paths again. So and I feel like that's the only place to go. Hmm. Um, and we'll see how much Maul gets to be part of that. You know, I, I don't see, after fan reaction, I don't see why they wouldn't go that route. Hmm. Um, I kind of wish that we hadn't seen Maul's death, though, at this point. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, Rebels did kind of spoil that. And I wonder, like, if they knew he was going to be in this film. At that point, that they were, I'm, I'm surprised they were able to do that. Mm. Like they would allow them to finish that story, knowing that he was going to be part of this film. Because no, I, I feel I like they would stay away. Hmm. I don't mean to say like I, I still liked everything that they did in season two with him there, like tempting Ezra and everything. I'd like to see where he went from Crimson Dawn to get to that point. Yeah, that's very interesting to me. Yeah, yeah, and we'll see. Time will tell if they'll tell that story. Mm-hmm. Um, where like I felt like they had a feeling that they were in trouble, you know, Disney. So they like all of a sudden like leaked out that information like Friday because like every site was like teasing it. Do you think this movie would have done better if it wasn't like a surprise if they actually used that character like in the trailers? Do you feel like you know you got more of a buzz with like Star Wars fans? Yes, but they would be extremely disappointed with if it was only just, that. just that. Yeah, like if he was in it for a good portion, then yes. Yeah, yeah. people would come out in droves. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm like. Yeah, that's I'm the main s- thing that came out of Phantom Menace that everyone. Yes, that's the upon. only thing that came out of <laughs> Phantom Menace. And if they would have sat there and you know used him in the marketing, I feel like they definitely would have gotten you know. Two expectations mm-hmm. at least, you know, opening week. That's what that's that's the one of the main reasons why I can still see a sequel working for them if they want to go that route. Mm-hmm. 
But at the same time, I, it's, you know, they, Disney loves their money. They see everything in a different way than yeah. we do. So, yeah. I just don't know after, you know, the disappointment of this movie. And unless, you know, it does better the second week mm. and, you know, and, you know, doesn't show a huge drop off, um, which I feel like it's going to. But although it doesn't have tons of competition this mm. weekend, this coming weekend. So, um, you know, maybe there, there'll be a decent buzz around it and it'll do well enough where they feel like, okay, they can green light a sequel. But right now, I don't know. I don't I don't see, like, I, I don't know what fan reaction would be to mm-hmm. a sequel at this point. Do you feel that this movie hurt any chances with Boba Fett this time? No, just because the circumstances were so, like, kind of off the mm-hmm. wall with, you know, them firing the director's basically after they shot a whole movie. <laughs> um, I think they'll do a better job scouting directors and making sure that they're all on the same page mm. this time. Um, I feel like they, they have Mangold already. Um, he's been confirmed as the director and the writer of the movie. So um, I would hope that if they, you know, done their due diligence that, you know, they're on the same page. Mm. And they know what story they want to tell and how they want to tell it. So, um, but I don't know. I don't know. I feel like you're not going to get another Han Solo movie for a while, at least. You know, unless people revisit this and it really does well, mm-hmm. you know, afterwards, you know, on like Blu-ray and, you know, it gets like a good following. You know, I I don't know if the Darth Maul stuff is enough to carry it. So... Um, you know, I would love to see, you know, Han and Jabba though, like that first meeting, that would be great, you know, and that's almost the story I wish they were told, Hmm. you know, so I don't know. Um, for me, I'd have to give it a C, you know, um, you know, three, three stars. I'd give it, um, if we're doing stars, uh, 3.5, 3.5. Okay. Yeah. I would have to give it three stars. So. It was good, and I'll watch it again, but I didn't love it, you know. And, like, it just, the stakes never felt, like, high enough for me, you know, for a Star Wars movie. Because even though we knew exactly what was going to happen after Rogue One, you know, those stakes seemed huge, you know, the entire time, you know. Well, we didn't know that they were all going to die for sure. Yeah, but, I mean, we knew what they were doing Mm. mattered so much to the other movies, you know, and... I felt invested in all those characters. I just was never invested in any of these characters. Um, you know, for, like Han Solo to me is always annoyed. Have you ever done like with Han Solo? He's always just a little annoyed at everyone. <laughs> they never nailed that in this, you know, and I guess that's an older Han Solo, mm. but there's almost like this arrogance of like, I have to do everything myself, you know, like, you know, get out of my way. You're slowing me down. You know, I never got that from this performance. And I don't think it's his fault. I don't feel like it's the actor's fault. I feel like it's the script's fault. Um, you know, and I don't know if it's just them wanting to portray this younger, you know, Han Solo. And we're going to see that journey where he gets to that point. You know, I don't know. I don't know. This just, this just didn't work for me, I guess. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I, I mean, I completely agree with you. I just think that this is a film that needs a sequel to make this story, like, better. Yeah. And I, I mean, that sucks when you think about it in the grand scheme of it. It's like... Yeah, I could definitely see, like, yeah, where you 
need the second story to mm. like this is only the first chapter. Like, I because if this is it, I it it'd probably bring the score down more. Yeah. For I just don't know if they would greenlight a sequel mm. after this though. You know, which is I mean they could do whatever the hell they want yes. and say, screw it. <laughs> We've got all the money in the world. We're gonna make return no matter what. But they're not just making passion projects out there, mm. you know? So um I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it definitely would be unfortunate not to see that first initial meeting mm. between him and Jabba and get into that whole backstory and see how Han ended up being the solo that we know, you know, from the original trilogy. Because I feel like we're still not there, mm. you know, with that character. Um, so, and I, I honestly, I would love to see more uh, Emphis Nest. I, I really dug those characters. I want to know more about what was going mm. on there. I'm sure there's going to be comics. I'm sure there's going to be books. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially with that character design. That's kind of... Yes. Know. And there were a lot of great character mm. designs. Let's not get back. Like, it was beautifully shot. And there was a lot of cool characters introduced in this, you know, in the background. Which I'm, you know, as a collector, <laughs> I'm excited for. Because I will be owning all those. Regardless of how I felt about this movie. Mm. So, um, that's just the nerd in me. I have to have every figure so um but yeah yeah um when she originally takes off her mask by the way i thought for, like they were going to pull something where this was beckett and val's child from like the past oh i don't know if i'd like that <laughs> i was like is, is she supposed to be like everyone Would just no well everyone at that scene is just quiet when she takes off her mask like it's a big reveal right yeah, it's supposed to be this huge reveal and i'm like am i supposed to know this person Am yeah, I, like, I, I don't know if it's maybe the age of her or something. I don't know if Beckett knew her background. I don't know. Point. It didn't. It didn't shock me or surprise me in any way. I didn't. It didn't bother me that she was a female. It didn't do anything to me. It's yeah. Just like, okay. She's she's a badass she's, though. She's a badass. Like, okay. Yeah. Fine. Whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It did feel like that was supposed to be a reveal. Mm-hmm. Um. And it, you know, none of the tra- none of the trailers or anything like you know revealed who the character was. Never showed her without her mask on, you know, and that was obviously because she's portrayed as the villain. Mm. So I don't know, but it's really just this like kid, you know, in a mask, you know, who's a total fucking badass. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, it's just a kid in a mask, um, trying to do the right thing. So I, I don't know. I, I definitely feel like there's more story there to be told, mm-hmm. and I'm sure we'll get it. You know, I'm sure there's probably already a book I don't even know about. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ooh. um, yeah. Yeah. What about do you do you think we get more Voss like you know backstory? No, you're done. He's dead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was kind of. A I felt like I was interested in the character, like to see what he was about and everything. I thought his fighting style was cool. You know, with mm. the two like little like lightsaber knife things. You know, which I didn't even realize were actually like lightsabers, yeah. but I guess technically. Yeah, I saw toys and they were listed for lightsaber like knives. I was really? like, okay. That's interesting. Cool. <laughs> so, like, malls, like, giving out that shit? I guess. That's the only way to explain, because as much as they keep nailing it in your head, um, the Sith are the only ones that can make these crystals bleed. So. Could it be something where he finds it? Like, it's something like. Yeah, if, he, if it's like he's taking it off of another Sith or um, yeah. Inquisitor or something. Yeah, yeah, sure. That's true. 
That's true. I want to get some Inquisitors, but that's another <laughs> that's another podcast. I want to see some Inquisitors. In this, I mean, we just need the hunt in the cinematic of, universe. The Jedi hunt. Oh just god, I don't know why that's not greenlit already. <laughs> right? That should be like the first story they want to tell. <sighs> That'd be you nice. know, I don't need young console. Give me the Jedi hunt. I want to see dark <laughs> Vader fucking shit up. Mm. That's what I want to see. You know, I mean, that's what I think. That's every fan's dream. At least every Vader fan's dream. So I I feel like we're gonna get it eventually. Mm. We'll get it eventually. Um, but that's gonna do it for this week. Yes, that's gonna do it for this episode. I think we have some shout outs of um, other podcasts. That's right, podcasts that you should be listening to. All right. All right, here's some podcasts that you should check out. All right, first up is WNA Podcast. This is an awesome wrestling podcast. It's two immature man babies with dirty mouths and poor attitudes. Wrestling hates us. You won't. Um, this is a really fun wrestling podcast. They also cover everything else. So I'm very much like us. So um, go ahead and give them a listen. If you like wrestling, you'll like these guys. Definitely. And if you hate wrestling like we do sometimes, you'll like these guys. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, next up is Bumping Uglies, and they're on their second season. They took a little break, so now they're back. Um, two friends talking, laughing, cursing, and drinking their way through everything life in your 20s has to offer. Um, go ahead. They're on Podbean. They're on Twitter. Give them a follow. Um, next up is Films on Trial, a movie podcast hosted by five Liverpool lads. We put Films on Trial. Uh, includes quizzes, news, songs, plus more. And then go ahead and check them out on Twitter. Um, they're also on Podgenie and every other like podcast forum. So, um, and then last but not least is the Mole Man Show. Uh, visit the Mole Man every week talking about mysteries, conspiracies, the strange and downright deranged worlds around us and beyond. And go ahead and give them a follow on Twitter. All right. You can find us on Twitter. That's right. At Amazing Nerd Show. That's right. Uh, we have also a Facebook, Instagram, and a Periscope now. Yes. Which we're trying to figure out how to use. <laughs> we're we're going to integrate it somehow. Yes. Figuring it out, you know. Slowly but surely. You know, one of us is old, one of us is young, doesn't know anything about social media <laughs> sex for some reason. So. For some reason, I picked the one millennium who doesn't know anything about social media. Uh, to do a podcast with, but that's okay. We'll yeah, figure I, out I know how to record, right? Yes, that's all. That For the most I part, <laughs> that's the most important part, right? Uh, um, so, but yeah, yeah, we'll be on there. Uh, we we've actually are on a few other new forums right now. Right? Uh, yeah, we are on TuneIn. That's brand new for us. That's right. Uh, we're on Spotify. That's still pretty new for us. Check us out yes. there. You can subscribe and follow them. You know, uh, <laughs> we're on iTunes still. We're on Podbean. Pretty much our home is Podbean at the moment. We're on Stitcher. We're on Stitcher. That's right. Don't forget um, Stitcher. You can hear us on 12 Ounce Radio. This episode's definitely going to be on there. I, I promise. Knock on wood. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I think that's about um, all the places so There's far. There's some other stuff. I mean... I've searched around. We're on <laughs> shit that we don't even know about right now. Hit up Google. Type in Amazing Nerd Show. We pop up. Yeah, and so. if we're not on something that you, you know, that you, like, your preferred listening oh, yeah. to Reach format, out to just us. let us know. Mm. We'll get on it. No big exactly. deal. And if you have any comments, concerns, problems. <laughs> concerns? <laughs> shove them up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, definitely you can always find us on Twitter. We are always responding. We're always coming back to you. Yeah, that's, that's probably our, our main hub. That's our main hub. Yeah. So. Um, 
But Not that you shouldn't follow us on Facebook. But, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, because I put out videos on Facebook. Yeah. I also do tons of memes back yes. and forth with Damon yes. on Instagram. That's right. Um, little news items, little like things like... Like, uh, we had the Fallout release um, today, Fallout 76 um, news came out, and I kind of did some jokes back and forth on Instagram, so that's kind of stuff that you're missing out on yeah. when you're not following us, okay? So start following us. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> you're probably already enjoying our house bands. Uh, what's their name again? Them Guilty Aces. All right. Uh, they have an EP on their website. Download it. Check it out. Check you're going to love iTunes everything. Too. If you love this song, you're going to love everything else. Okay, that's right. That's right. Um, strong rockabilly vibe. Check them out. Um, also, they have a video up on YouTube right exactly, now. Yes. And I think there might be an, another video in the works. I might Ooh, I might be okay. wrong about that. But Again, I, I was not. I'm hearing rumblings. No so. one's talked to me about video. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get your name out there, Christian. Uh-huh. I promise. So, but... Uh, that's going to do it for this week. Yes, I'm Christian. And I'm Damon. And that's The Amazing Nerd Show. Hey. Some moof milker put a compressor on the ignition line. Uncar plucked it. I thought it was a mistake too, puts too much stress Trust on, on the, the hyperdrive. Chewy, throw him in a pod. We'll drop him at the nearest inhabited planet. Wait, no.